the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2 o'clock. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. Folks, it's time for DePietro to be joining me. One of my siblings happens to be a columnist and writer for the uh, Sun Chronicle. Her name is Donna Perry. And uh, DJ, I want to start off. Obviously, this was big news on Friday and media going up and down about it. And it has to do with Roger Stone. I, I just, I don't know if long-term, if that really will hurt the president, but, um, you know, like everything else with his base, I think Roger Stone was seen as he was being unfairly prosecuted, but obviously with, uh, the people, uh, not in favor of the president, uh, Roger Stone to them is the equivalent of the, just, there is absolutely no law and order within the Trump administration. Yes, and uh, great to be with you, J.D. Um, I, I agree. I think the Roger Stone thing, he commuted the sentence um, from the Trump base point of view. I think they really like that uh, in the middle of what's not been a great, you know, couple of months for Trump. I think it gave them something to cheer. Um, and I think it plays to that piece of what com becomes the election sort of season message, J.D., is that it does help them feel like in the category of settling a few scores from the Russia probe, which I do think there's a lot, you get a lot of energy from that. And I think that's how they view that. It was, he was kind of wrongfully gone after and it was over aggressive at the whole thing at the house and, you know, CNN gets tipped off. And so those kinds of things, I think it represents uh, a little in the wind column from that perspective. Um, and the the witch hunt and and so characters like Stone and and General Flynn I don't mean characters but you know they kind of represent where there's kind of like this battling back against how Trump has portrayed it as the witch hunt so in that way um, I do think like the Stone moment helps the the part of the base that really cares about that but I would say in the bigger picture. Um, as you and I have talked about, there is no bigger character than the virus <laughs> in, in this whole thing. And so I think it, it has some legs right now, but I don't think this is going to be the huge issue. It does help though, Trump with this, you know, these other side messages of saying, you know, I'm kind of settling some scores. We're in mid July. Uh, obviously the president, they'd like to put the virus behind us. As this is really a race, seemingly the president versus the virus, because to me, it's not really him versus <laughs> right. Biden. It's it's him versus anyone other than him. But right now, I mean, you tell me being objective, who's winning, the president or the virus? 
Yeah, COVID-19 is winning. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, J.D., I think there's just now, um, which is why it should be worrisome to them. We're going to turn the corner to late July. I feel like they don't have a plan B. And if it uh, in terms of just the Trump script and the, uh, certainly his in-person interaction um, with the base, which is really a lot of what, you know, propelled him in 2016. And I agree with you. I mean, I think as we've seen the trajectory of this thing, it's the country's very fraught about the degree to which you quote, like live around it, live with it. The, you know, are we rolling back restrictions? Obviously it's just on fire in Southern states in California. Um, But I would just say they, they, you know, I think they, they underestimated it from the beginning and so it's kind of a foe that Trump doesn't know, have a natural skills, how to handle it. Um, because I think in handling it, he missed some opportunities where he needed to have more of an alliance and be allies more with the medical professionals as opposed to he's obviously now has this contentious relationship with them and, you know, almost trying to make them a foe. Yeah, I think it's a huge mistake. Um, and I would just say, I, I just a a quick observation on some of how some of his people operate. I I don't know that he's got some of the strongest sort of spokespeople. He can't do every interview and he, I think he tweets too much anyway. And, you know, I've seen where like you have the Hogan Gidleys kind of coming out and someone was interviewing him and JD, it was just almost embarrassingly off base in my view. Mm. You know, he's reaching back to stuff about like, no one cares right now that Trump created jobs for African-Americans right. last year. That, right. that might, have, might as well have been last century when yeah. you're dealing with this moment. So, you know, I think from their campaign perspective, it's kind of worrisome. I, I just don't know that they've wrapped their arms around the issue and how to combat it. And um, I think they're trying to improve on that. Um, although I will say in that interview, if I may, there was a, I noted in about five minutes, three times, and I think this was kind of poll tested, Hogan Gidley kind of said, the president, you know, uh, cares and worries about, you know, the public's health with this. Because I think they poll tested and found that a lot of independent type of voters, they don't sense that from him. And that's that's very problematic. Yeah. What do you make of um, the fact that the rally supposed to be New Hampshire rally? Now, that really came out of nowhere. I mean, it was announced on last Sunday and all of a sudden on Friday, they announced because of, uh, you know, the tropical storm that was making its way. Now, it was going to be different. It was going to be obviously in New Hampshire and partly outside with the hangar. Uh, But you have to also wonder of the the governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, he said, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go to the rally. I'm not going to stand out in the middle of the throng of people with this virus rampant. You didn't have... Um, you didn't have a lot of people. You didn't have actually have anyone camped out the way sometimes in the past. These people came out for days because they want a good spot inside. Right. There was nothing like that. Uh, I noted the president actually did some local interviews. He did uh, interviews in New Hampshire. He did a Boston radio station trying to kind of pump up uh, support for it almost. And I was explaining to someone that's like you go back way back to the old days where if you were to an act at the work musical theater, they'd put them on with salty the day before to try to get ticket sales up a little bit. Right. Uh, doing an interview, you know, you do some uh, pre-promote and all of a sudden they, they pulled it. Now, you know, there was the threat of a storm, but do you think it was that a blessing or it, it was a little odd because granted New Hampshire is certainly not a battleground state. And if you believe the polls, um, Biden is ahead in New Hampshire, even though the president barely lost that to Hillary in 2016. But what do you make of uh, Donna Perry, them canceling the Trump rally? Yeah, I thought the whole thing of that was kind of strange. Um, and, and it was you're right. It was very last minute um, that it was then just getting pulled off the schedule. They kind of hid behind the, the storm, certainly didn't materialize to, to what that was going to be anyway. I mean, we're in New England, we know. Um, I just thought it was kind of odd. I mean, later, I, I didn't know whether partly it was him handling that the uh, stone thing would get really done because that was kind of coming together at the same time. 
um, whether they needed his attention on some final details about that, J.D., I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's now if you're the campaign rally team, um, it, it kind of looks like oh for 2 because, you know, we know Tulsa came out wrong. And I, I think that should tell them something bigger about where the public is about this idea of, of standing around a bunch of other people. Mm. Um, and I think the public, you know, does feel that way. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, I think, was supposed to kind of be, you know, the point guy on that. So um, I'm not sure we know the full story of how that was going to quickly come together and then get pulled away. It could have been they they felt a little thrown and embarrassed if the Republican governor is not going to be there. Sununu, you know, um, uh, I don't know. It, it, I do think, as I've said, I think they kind of need a stronger plan B because I think it's getting really obvious and especially in these bigger Southern States, JD, that he, he can't lose them in his column now, you know, and people would say, well, Oh, Florida, Texas, that's, you know, a given Georgia. I don't know. I don't know if those are a given for him in the environment we're in. So I, I think that the New Hampshire thing it could have been, it just might have been a con- b- bunch of reasons, but I think they were kind of, you know, um, you know, fibbing to say it was about a rainstorm. Well, there's to- certainly battleground states that if you're going to, you know, try to really get the base up here and get support and mobilize, um, the, the biggest one is Florida. And, and right now, as we're following, Florida is an absolute disaster with the virus. And keep in mind, you know, this is where the Republican convention is supposed to be. Uh, which right. we'll move to of course. next month. So I don't, yeah. right now, do you see a scenario? And what we're trying to get at a larger uh, picture here is, I mean, it as much as people say there's a lot of, you know, it's still early. Um, it is mid-July and you go, you know, mid-August, mid-September, mid-October. I, I really talking three months. I don't believe the undecideds for this race. I don't think it's a big number. I think, there are many, many people in the country that that already have their mind up, made up one way or the other. I'm not saying there aren't some undecideds and, you know, a lot could happen with how the Democrat yeah, convention yeah. goes and how Biden handles himself on uh, on some of these debates. But it, it it's not a year out. Uh, the window is certainly closing. And I think you're exactly right that what they feel may have been the battle plan. Um, they, they need a plan B here. They need a plan B here in like really fast. Well, I, exactly. And I, I would say if anyone just, <clears throat> excuse me, anyone to say, you know, oh, it's so early. Like you point out, John, it is not so early no. in the presidential race with so much on the line. Um, I would also say that ironically, despite the optics of, you know, Mr. In the Basement, the energy with the voter, the energy is with Biden, you know, and I think that they kind of underestimate that there's only so many times you can keep repeating that oh he looks lethargic and he loses his sentences that doesn't matter for a lot of people and i've said this before this could be one of those unique elections where it's less about gung-ho to the challenger is they're voting out the incumbent yes um, and I just don't know if some of the people around him are really, really understanding that. Cause let's be honest, he listens to a lot of people who were new to politics, especially his family mm. and his adult kids. And I don't know that, you know, Don Jr. is capable of really seeing how this landscape looks. I'm, I mean, I, I think they know their own internal polling. Um, but I would just say to your point, that's very, very good, J.D. What, what they're not seeing, I think you're right. I think most people's minds are made up. But the problem for Trump is there are people who were generally with him. They're not going to go to Biden. But I would question if people who feel very distracted and preoccupied by this whole virus year, they probably feel demoralized. They feel financially very nervous. A lot has happened to their household, right? They're kind of saying... Is my kid going back to school? They are. They're not. You know, college. Oh, but I'm worried and they're going to go. But there's all these things going on. And I think like his piece of the electorate, J.D., does not have the energy uh, and that whole sense of clarity of like we're with him like the 2016 
thing. And number one, I think it's dangerous if they think they're going to, you know, replay that playbook. Um, and I do think it matters that people, this has long been known, and it's a misunderstood in politics when you talk about the vote. People do sit out an election when they feel either demoralized, as I say, you certainly have people feeling very distracted this year. That's probably an understatement. And then you have the larger looming issue of the way they're going to vote. You know, asking mail ballot voting, J.D., does require a person to take an extra step. Right. Because they have to attend to that. Okay, the ballot, you know what I mean? And like that whole thing is a huge issue. And it it is an issue where whoever has the energy in the voters is going to prevail, in my opinion, you know, and, you know, so that's where it is. uh, That is to the advantage of Team Biden. Folks, coming up, we are going to talk about mail ballots, also statue of uh, the Virgin Mary attacked in Boston, protesters outside of Governor Rundle's house, also the White House turning on Dr. Fauci, that and a lot more with Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508. 506-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, Professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property Looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Soft Wash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property, with Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new. Get rid of, you know, it just happens. You build up some of that algae and mildew, and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime. Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash, especially now we're spending more time outside. You want your house and property to look the best it can. Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway, any outdoor surface. He can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew. 
gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. Folks, we start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Donna Perry, I want to um, shift gears um, Sunday night, and I've even given up on the local media. They just continue this thing of peaceful protesters, no matter what is done or said. Uh, right, su- right. Sunday, there was a rally at the uh, at the State House, which, again, I, I went. I wanted to go to the Trump rally. That was canceled. I went. And so they have speakers. It's a defund the police rally, and the speakers get up, and they talk about we need another riot. They talk about if we don't get our way, we're going to burn the city down. They started going after Governor Armando. Some of them were cheering when they announced that the uh, that there were two police officers killed in Texas the night before. And then the television news, it's like they're reading off a press release. There was music. There was even dancing. It was a party. It was a peaceful protest, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's really, really comical at this point to watch. But Sunday night, I got tipped off. I went there. And you had 30 people there. And they were from the rally and they were both black and white but they were loud they were setting off explosives they were outside the home nine o'clock yeah. on a Sunday night of governor Mundo. i was the only news source that was there and um and i want to get your thought on in their mind i thought it was very interesting one of the uh the organizers of it and i saw her speak at the the rally earlier in the day she said hey you know, we expected her to come out and meet with us and we want everyone to meet right. with us. And this is supposed to be a Democrat state and liberal state. And we want to talk to her and have her come out of her house. Um, this is uh, this is like the threat, as we've talked about, of of the mob. And they don't care who you are or what time it is or day or night. If they want to talk to you, they're going to go and seek you out. And 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 what the one thing I will say that the media has not reported is is and I have witnessed they were they were trying to get inside her house. Yeah. And yeah, yet that's... they were described as some protesters honking the horn out in front of the house. That it was far more aggressive than that, where the neighbors had to call the police because we don't believe the governor was home, so therefore there was no law enforcement there. Yeah, and JD, I first want to just applaud you for, you know, your man on the street. I mean, you are doing this this is just important reporting and you're right as a lot of the other media either asleep or you know can't be bothered it's a weekend i mean uh, i will uh, certainly say the providence police and the rhode island state police were not so sure no. it was going to stay a quote peaceful protest right uh now with the amount of um officers they had over there and by the way there's no rules for these things who says someone shows up with the group, J.D., and they don't have a concealed gun? Right. I mean, who? there's no rule, you know. So. Um, and I'm, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that because at the defund the police rally, there is an armed militia. It's called the John Brown Gun Club. They're basically like an Antifa leftist, but they are armed and they were there at the uh, at the state house on Sunday. Wow. So they they and they were these well, were see, the same right. people behind the last summer, the problems they had at the Wyatt Detention Center. Yeah, see, well, and and that's a very, very important point. So, again, you're right. Like, I think um, there are always there are people within these groups. They don't have good intentions. They're not they don't really have peaceful protests in mind. And I think the media is going to get caught because, I mean, I'm not wishing for this, but something is going to happen. Um, I I think it's just a matter of time in any cities, whether it's a medium sized city like Providence, um, Boston, et cetera. If people are so naive and to think that, you know, they're just chanting defund police, no, no justice, no peace. You know what I mean? I think it's going a lot further than that. And again, the presence and the scope of the police presence outside the governor's house, which, by the way, I. I, I don't know the details. I mean, wouldn't that not have, um, wouldn't that qualify as you're making like a threat against an elected official in yes. Rhode Island? I mean, yeah. I, where are the, where is the legal steps going with that? I would think that would all qualify for that. Um, and disturbing and I just, the peace and well, sure. You know, that would, to me that looked very threatening. I think yes. it's menacing. You're setting off fireworks you don't know how that's going to go and especially if someone is broaching her property and appeared to want to be entering the house 
Um, That's attempted so breaking I, and entering. There were 30 between state and province hmm. police. There were 30 cars on that street that I filmed that basically wow. shut down the street. And and this is something else that, again, I, I'm, I'm going to just do my own thing and not worry about the rest of the media. But I think both you and I know that if that had been Trump supporters that were there, I yes. believe they would have been arrested and apprehended for disturbing the peace, uh, threatening a public official, attempted breaking and entering. But because, you know, they're coming from the defund the police rally, some of them were young people of color. It, once again, to me, it's it's two sets of rules where if that had been 30 young men in Make America Great Again, red hats, I absolutely believe they would have been brought down to the police station. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's been so much hypocrisy on how a lot of this is covered and talked about uh, in the media. And and you're right. I mean, I think then you have the um, we've seen these incidents around the country. I mean, J.D., when you had the thing got bolder. This is the issue about them doing that with the governor, which I don't think has ever happened before. No. With another governor in Rhode Island. No, it hasn't. You know, who, who says, like I say, there's no rules around this stuff. It, it's really becoming like, let's just get bolder and bolder uh, with the demands. And, you know, as we when you go out to Seattle and saw what happened there and oh. you had that foolish mayor and then you had two deaths in the middle of that anarchy chop zone um and because there were weapons jd we know that there was drugs and weapons and you have the self-appointed vigilantes i just think a lot of the movement um that it caught fire that's at the end of may what we are seeing now in many respects is very different story here and we know that you know um and i i just think in rhode island or anywhere the police have every right to not only pay attention to that, but I worry we're in an environment of, of if you have such timid policing because everyone is kind of tiptoeing around, you know, this whole thing and they're trying to be sensitive. But, you know, I, I don't I don't think that's an answer. I think if you keep saying, you know, well, we're raising the bar a little higher and a little higher, the, a lot of the protest groups, they're seeking a confrontation. They're seeking... Yes a huge headline. They want the optics of something so they can, you know, shoot it all over their social media pages. Um, they're, they're tr and you're right. They're trying, there are people within that movement that have nothing to do with what were the original, maybe, you know, justified, true, um, narrow reforms. Uh, when you talk about the interactions between police and, you know, a, a, a black male, if it is, um, I think that you, they've gotten way, way beyond that. There's a different agenda that has really swallowed up large parts of that movement. You know, there was talk about, um, you know, w there were people that said, you watch once they start to take down some of these statues, Christopher Columbus or the uh, uh, Abe Lincoln statue, what have you. There are people, to their credit, were saying, watch, they'll start to go after religious statues next. It starts to create a climate. And yeah. lo and behold, it happened both in New York and Boston over the weekend. I don't think it's a coincidence. What is your reaction? They uh, vandalize a statue of Mary, of the Virgin Mary in Boston, of all places. Yeah, and, and I think they, there's another moment where I would like to see a little more of a vocal reaction um, really from Catholic faith and, and Christian leaders. They have every yeah. right to say that we will not stand for that kind of desecration um, and vandalism. And you're right, there, there is, there's a lot of corners of what the Black Lives Matter or the Black Lives Matter organization and the slogan are really two different things. And I think that's a real problem with this. Be, and, and actually, I think it was kind of uh, strategic by them to make a slogan that it looks very difficult for you to oppose that because it looks like you're opposing, you know, the notion of Black Lives Matter. But if you people have written a lot about the, you know, the, the top leadership of the movement, there's a lot of money behind it. Um, there is some writing about you know, the, this idea of going after not just the heritage, but the attack on Christian statues, J.D., I think 
it's kind of this whole issue of trying to almost destroy the foundings of, well, the Judeo-Christian faith, which is really very dominant in America, obviously. And some of it gets into this whole issue of that's like white Europeans legacy when you talk about Christianity Um, and, you know, not to get too deep into that, but I do think that's part of it. There's, you know, they have, um, there's a few very, I would say radical voices that have a lot of carry a lot of weight in that movement. And they have talked about this whole issue of, you know, going after the symbols of the Christian faith. And as I say, I think, it's time, whether it is a police department or whether it is, you know, uh, churches uh, and a diocese, they have every right to take a stand. And I, I just don't think we can have this game where people are just keep tiptoeing around it. Um, you know, we have laws, we have law enforcement, we have a police department, you have organized religion. If someone is trying to undermine all that, I'm sorry, that they that is a very different agenda than what we, you know, what was originally portrayed in this. Folks, coming up, we are going to uh, just touch on the mail ballots. Also, uh, Black Lives Matter appeared in front of uh, Trump Tower. Ian, it was a big deal that the uh, president did wear a mask. It's all ahead with Donna Perry, columnist for the Sun Chronicle, right here on the John DePietro Show. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401 710 7096 Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's appliance repair at 401 710 And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's appliance repair, 401 710 7096 serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401 710 70 96. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. With me is Donna Perry, columnist for the Sun Chronicle. DJ, um, just talking about, I, I don't know about you, but this business, of if the entire election is going to mail ballots for the fall, number one, it certainly doesn't give me a lot of confidence. You also touched on, for a lot of people, that becomes a hassle, and then some people just say, I'm just going to sit it out. I'm just along for the ride on this. Whoever, you know, I don't like the way things are going. Whoever gets elected gets elected. But yeah. not everyone lives it, breathes it, passionate about it every single day. I think I, th- I would say that sides of both sides are ramped up. There's definitely money and, and energy with the Trump side, but there's a lot of energy on the other side as well. But uh, the mail ballots for the fall, that certainly could create a problem that if I'm team Trump and the day after the election – Due to all these, quote, mail ballots, they say that Joe Biden's the president. I, I think we are looking at what is going to be a crisis. They're saying that this could be days afterwards in certain key states that that they're going to have to examine all these mail ballots because of well, that, the delayed element of the mail with the pandemic. Right. And, and that's that's really part of what is very worrisome. I mean, first of all, the infrastructure in most states to manage 
uh, massive mail ballot voting. They've never done it before. No. Um, J.D., you over the years have done great reporting on, you know, the Secretary of State's um, oh. Gorbea. And, you know, Goodness. to say there's been some sloppy mistakes oh. is kind of put it, putting it nicely. And, you know, I will point out that in most states, even if you have re- you have a lot of Republican governors, but somehow traditionally, I think you have a lot of Democrats who run the election, whether it's the secretary of state or, you know, these boards of elections. And some of this will get down, J.D., to these very local oh sort of, you know, local political people. Um, it, there's no question it's going to get like that. They haven't really been tested on this. Um, I've talked about this before. There was a case just in a local smaller thing in Worcester where they found a closet yes. had like hundreds of unopened ballots Now, again, it wasn't so much on the line like the presidency, but it just shows that they're not equipped. I mean, if you look at local, let's say in Rhode Island, a local board of canvassers and even the secretary of state's office, do they have the infrastructure? Are you going to like all the stuff's going to come through the mail? We know how they operate. They're not, you know, they don't have the infrastructure for it. So it's problematic in that way. But in terms of when you say who's got the energy with the vote, what I'm trying to say is the Democrats are going to use all these little, you know, justice organizations. If they oh, have yeah. the word justice next to it, like, OK, you're on the team and they are. But they're going to really use them to get around to parts of the population who maybe usually don't participate in voting. And they're going to go in to wherever those people are. It can be community centers. Everything is fair game, J.D. You go in, you're armed with blank ballots here, you just have to sign it. You're going to check this off. We know that's going to happen. Um, and they have a lot of armies who are ready and willing to do that. You know, there, And that's where I see the danger to Trump. And I would just say on the Republican side, I don't see that kind of you know, mini army really set up to be sure people are getting their vote out. And um, obviously there's many you know, very energetic Trump supporters. You have good... Republican infrastructures in some states, but what I just described, I mean, that's going to happen in just a massive effort, you know, and we know that JD before the whole mess of the virus and the protests, the democratic party, you know, they've just been waiting for this moment of the late summer of, of, you know, 2020. Um, So I just, I worry about that. And something that uh, in the past, the rallies proved to be pivotal to track down voters, uh, Trump voters, and organize them. And and that was a great sense. I mean, when they were really rolling four years ago and the rallies were constant and sometimes, you know, more than one in a day, it was a tremendous tool to identify potential voters and then get them to the booths. What do you um, what do you make of uh, Donna Perry? That uh, the mayor of New York, I mean, New York City, of which we both lived in and love, but it's really uh, problematic right now. You know, there's not one restaurant open and yep. the uh, the violence has gone through the roof. But I, I also thought it was pivotal that Mayor de Blasio to make such a show and paint Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower. I, I think that also just symbolizes how far things have broken, that it was basically done just to poke a finger in the eye of the president. Yes, exactly. Um, You know, de Blasio could single handedly take New York back like like 40 years. And I'm not being dramatic. You brought this up, I think, last week. You very rightfully so, J.D. People forget uh, the New York that came about by the 90s and the early 2000s that everyone loved. It was one of the safest cities in the country. It doesn't take much to go back to the 1970s New York where people... There was, you know, this random street thugs, mugging shootings, just, you know, open season robbery, which, by the way, we're now seeing return on the streets. It's been reported murders are like up by 200 percent. And they talked about, you know, all of that. De Blasio, though, who was just to do that kind of really, like you say, that was nothing but like it was just like street theater. Yeah, Yeah. it's just a stunt, a political stunt. By the way, 
to the black community, which we saw what happened mm. over the 4th of July weekend. J.D., you know what? Painting that avenue, that doesn't actually change no. anything. No, nope. It doesn't change anything. And no. if, I mean, if I were advising, you know, some of the people who sincerely want true change, that is away from some of the crazy stuff like, oh, let's undermine Christianity. You know, they, they need to stand up to Democrats like him. He doesn't care. That's not going to represent one iota of more young black kids getting into a college. It doesn't mean they're going to have a career. It doesn't enhance their financial well-being. It doesn't. You know, it's a slogan. It's on an avenue. It was done just to taunt Trump. Uh, and if they don't see where that is really, again, that gives him, you know, a pass out. It gets him to say, oh, look, I'm with the movement just because he's painting stuff on the street because he knows that as time goes on and as New Yorkers see increasing crime. And there's a lot of, as we know, very uh, prominent and and very influential people who have long lived in that city. And he's going to get an earful. When they hear that, you know, whether their very expensive apartment building was vandalized in the front lobby or someone's going to get held up at gunpoint, who's a real big shot, it's going to happen. And so he's doing these stunts because he knows he's not going to really be able to stand up to the police union forever either. There's an interesting development also with the schools. Now, California, they go back uh, mid-August. They announced yesterday, think of that, California, they are not sending the kids back to the classroom. But I also noticed it's interesting. Governor Mundo and the education commissioner were uh, proactive. And they, a couple of weeks ago, they came out and announced, uh, Governor Mundo said, we want those kids back in the classroom. And this year, August 31st, all schools go back. Uh, Providence schools never have gone back before Labor Day. They always go the Wednesday after. And a lot right, of teachers right, call out right. the first few days anyway. But, um, <laughs> but I've noticed that since President Trump announced he wants them back, Now there's an article about the Providence schools and they don't have a union contract. And as we know, now it's like a bargaining chip. We don't feel safe. But what I also find interesting, Donna Perry, is Governor Raimondo suddenly felt uncomfortable when it was brought out at one of the press briefings that that basically because her and the president are on the same page, the kids should be back at school. Do you think are we going to see? children now right now rhode island the way it is and and mass the uh the totals of the virus are way down but there definitely is a nervousness which i understand with certain teachers and with some parents but do you think will we see kids back in the classroom in the fall well i think in states like rhode island and massachusetts it it would be shameful and it would simply be political football to not put the kids back these states have overcome a lot Um, I think a state like Rhode Island and a city like Providence, where you can absolutely document, J.D., that large percentages of those kids that are you have a high uh, poverty population in the Providence schools um, and they did not really log on. They really you know that the the union is telling uh, fiction that they were benefited by remote learning. I mean, there's plenty of data to show that the most vulnerable kids guess what? They got hurt the worst by remote learning. So, you know, when they want to keep hiding behind, we do everything for the children. You know what? You have some of the poorest children in Rhode Island in that city, uh, whether it's Alorza and Romando, that that really has to be put to her and say, you know, you thought it was shameful when we've already seen all the disasters in the Providence school system. And now you're going to have kids who are getting no support at home, who they they depend on that environment for a lot of services, whether it's meals and lunch and everything. You know, I I just think the media has to do their job on that question. And if you're going to say black lives matter, black children's lives matter, and that just doesn't mean uh, in a contentious shooting, that that also means the development of their life, which is really critical when you're talking about eight, 10 years old or 12 years old. Um, I, and I think the teachers unions, it's shameful if you're right. There's, it's like if Trump wants it, they're against it. That That's is right. pure political football. Yeah. Um, and, and I also think that that's what you're seeing play out. But, you know, they, she has to stay tough. Uh, I see no I don't see where Baker is folding um, for the state. Now, how the city of Boston will handle it. They're saying they're going to go back because there was data done 
that showed and on the city of Boston, which has a high percentage of, you know, poverty students, they did not benefit by remote learning. No. And it should be worrisome to people when a child never logs on what is going on in that household or, you know, whatever is the situation that should be very worrisome to people. And, you know, the Randy Weingartens of the world, That's right. um, they, they, they don't care, J.D. I, they see a power play here. They see more money. They want they're talking about money and the big covid bills. Um, I also think people should be a little bit worried that there's a little precedent getting set because I think there are teachers who might like it this way. Let's face it. They're at home. Yeah. Uh, I think once they learn you know, the platforms get easier and easier for them, J.D., like go they're home and they have a cup of coffee and they're not, you know, handling fussy children. And, you know, they're uh, they get they take, what, an hour or two to prep and then they're managing it. I, I would be very worried that a that a dangerous precedent is being set here uh, by educators who might really like the arrangement. And I think that's shameful. School is for the social development of kids. They have to be in that environment. Um, so, and I think everyone has to learn that we have to take a larger risk. And, and I think what's happening is they don't, okay, you don't like Betsy DeVos and she's not a great messenger for them, by the way. Mm. Um, and if I were them, I, I wouldn't put her out front. I know she's the, been the secretary the whole time, but she's not that effective on this. Um, you know, but I also think it should be a state by state thing. And Rhode Island is in a much better place. You're not California. So you shouldn't be trying to copy states where they might have an issue to put kids in a classroom the next four weeks. So, and there's still some time to go. Donna Perry, how can people read your tremendous work with the sun Chronicle? Thank you, JD. So the sun Chronicle.com. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Donna Perry, M a one. And I always post on my Facebook page too. So DJ, great job. We'll talk to you again. Great to be with you. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health, at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products. 
for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence. I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that on the dashboard at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, You just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401 353 9,300. Folks, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call, free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's A.E. Mazika dot com call them at 401-353-9300 what about if you save two hundred dollars a month it's like giving yourself a raise how about that an extra twenty five hundred dollars a year maybe even more and also this time of year make sure you're covered maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an rv or an off-road vehicle ae mazika insurance services call them today three five three 9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook and their website is aemazika.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on. On MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.